0: Good morning, Crestview family. How is everyone today? So glad to have you here with us. I'm so excited to be here myself. Uh, It's a wonderful Sunday morning. It's a little rainy, but I think it's supposed to clear up. But it's a great day to worship the Lord. So just welcome. And if you're a visitor or a guest with us for the first time, we would love to get to know a little bit more about you. There are some cards in the pews in front of you that you can... uh, Fill out and drop in the offering plate as they go by, um, if you do that for us. A couple of announcements. Um, The first announcement I want to talk about is this revival. I'm sure you're going to see the video again here in a minute. But uh, we're doing a community revival starting tomorrow night. It's going to be Monday through Friday. And then on April the 5th, which is next Wednesday, we're going to have a Holy Week service at Popular Springs Baptist Church. But tomorrow night at 6 30, dam Baptist Church. Be there. And the schedule is in the bulletin if each night. We host it here on a Thursday. So we'd hope that everyone could come out and support us that night. Um Easter egg hunt is coming up uh Saturday. Also, the breakfast is coming up Saturday. So it was a busy, it's gonna be a busy Saturday around here at Crestview. So that's April the 1st. Keep those things in mind. Um, we're gonna have hot dogs at the Easter egg hunt. We're gonna hunt some Easter eggs, play some games. We're gonna talk about our risen Savior Jesus Christ. I'm excited about that. And um, so, but if anybody has candy they still would like to bring for the Easter egg hunt, uh bring it up till Wednesday. Uh I'll sit down Thursday and Friday night and stuff how many ever hundred Easter eggs there are to stuff. So uh If you would like to donate candy, bring it and leave it in Artie's office or in the church office or if you want to come up during the week and drop it off, that would be greatly appreciated. Um, I don't think I have any more announcements. Uh, I believe we're going to see a video, correct? So after this video, I just invite you to let's turn our hearts to the Lord and focus on Him this morning.
1: What does the cross mean to you? For some, it means nothing. For some, it's a piece of jewelry, a fashion statement. For some, it's a symbol of fear, a symbol of oppression. For some, it's a symbol of an old religion, mere superstition. But for all of us, be a symbol of hope. For in it, we can see the mind and heart of God. For God, the cross was his plan all along, his plan for salvation, his plan to bring his people home. Join us March 27th through March 31st and April 5th as we answer the question, what is the cross?
2: Good morning. I know you're probably tired of seeing that that video week after week. But we have to understand something. As children of God, we cannot forget the cross. It is because of the cross that we have forgiveness of sins. But in a few weeks, we're going to celebrate the rest of the story because the cross is where the sacrifice was made. It was where that curtain that separated us from God was torn. And we were able to go before God ourselves as His children. But then on that Sunday morning, when the angel rolled that stone away, and our risen Savior walked out. Alive after three days of being dead. That is what gives us eternal life. That is where God beat death, hell and the grave. And we have a lot to celebrate, but it all starts with the cross. So we cannot forget it. And I do encourage you as Often as possible. If you will join us every night, this week we're at Beaver Dam, or Monday we're at Beaver Dam, then Tuesday at Pleasant Ridge, Wednesday we'll be at Lattimore, here on Thursday, Friday at Calvary, and then next Wednesday, the 5th, at Poplar Springs as we celebrate with communion, all six churches coming together to celebrate communion together as we prepare for resurrection sunday so thank you for being here thank you for everything that you're doing i ask you to to please join me in prayer at this time as we go to the lord as we start our time together our blessed heavenly father we come before you dear lord thank you for this opportunity that we have as your children to come together to worship you And dear Lord, I know my day started crazy today. I overslept. I was late getting here for prayer time. And dear Lord, I've been busy ever since. But dear Lord, I know I'm not the only one that has had to deal with things like that. And I ask you for this short hour that you calm us that you make us be still so that we can fully concentrate on worshiping you. Lord, I ask you to be with the choir today and Sandra as they lead us in praise and worship. As we sing your praises, dear Lord, may we fully think about the words that we're singing and that we will mean them and that we will sing them regardless if we can carry a tune or not. That we will sing them to the tops of our lungs. That we will shout your praises from the rooftops. Lord, I ask you to be with Chad today as he speaks to the children. May he be able to, to speak to their tiny lives, to their, to their hearts, dear Lord. That he may draw them closer to you. That he may help them understand what it means to be a Christian. What it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And, dear Lord, I ask that you speak through me today. That I speak your word, dear Lord, that that you hide me behind this desk and behind the cross and that you speak through me. Dear Lord, above all, I ask you to be with everyone here, that your spirit has your way with us today. That if there is someone here today, dear Lord, that does not know you as their Savior, that they will come to know you because of the awesomeness of the gospel. Dear Lord open our ears and open our hearts that we may receive your word today forgive us of everything in every way that we have failed you and we hope that you receive all the honor and glory for everything that is said and done here today and it's in the precious name of Jesus Christ our risen Savior we pray Amen
3: Following our call to worship, we always have our time <coughs> of giving of our gifts and our tithes and our offerings. And you know, this is a worshipful time, so where we are giving to God. Uh, so, on top of our gifts and tithes and our offerings, um, this is the time of year that we uh, have a special offering for home missions, and this is called Annie Armstrong. The goal of our church is $2,000. As of today, we have uh, $715. If you would like to give to this to help support missions, here. Boy, do we need it. the good word spread like never before. Um, but there's envelopes, and or you can just write it on your check. But um, this is on top of your tithes. But uh, we will be taking this for the next few Sundays. So that is to Annie Armstrong. So let us stand now as we sing our call to worship Glorify Thy Name, page 249. Would you stand? <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we thank you for these that have given. I pray now that you will bless this gift and bless the giver. For it is your holy name, Jesus, that we pray. Amen. Would you stand again as we sing our hymn of praise, number 10, How Great Thou Art. We will sing the first and the last verses.
0: Forward this morning. Hmm. fix the slide. He fixed the slide. You was the first one down here. You were the first one down here. Come on, Everly. All right, guys. I got a question, and this doesn't have to be a question for just you guys. But it's harder to answer for some people. But my question is, who in here cries? Who in here cries? I think we all have cried at some point in time. What are some reasons that we might cry? Does anybody know? What is, what's the reason we might cry? <laughs> when you don't want to do something straight from a seven-year-old. See how, See what happens at my house? What other reason might you cry, Charlie? Hold on. What? When you're hurt, when you fall down and skin your knee... Yeah, because babies cry when they need a diaper change. You got one, Thomas? Yeah. Um, when I... When I... When I... Fall down, when I... Fall down. Okay. And, That's, and when I... and When I... When I... And when I... Okay, well, there's several reasons. I've got a couple. Huh? Me! When you get a whipping. I got several reasons why you might cry. already said when you get a whipping... Um, what about when you're sad? Maybe your friend moved away or um, or maybe you had something happen to a pet, a reason you might be sad. You might cry for that. What if somebody hurts your feelings? Put your hand, hand you in might, You might cry when somebody hurts your feelings. Well, guess what? We all cry. And especially for a man when you get older, we don't want to say we, we don't cry. But I'm going to tell you what. The manliest man of all time cried. Did you know that? Jesus cried. That's the shortest verse in the Bible. Did you know that? If you could go home today and say you learned a Bible verse. And it's Jesus wept. And that's a whole Bible verse. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later. Why he cried. But the Bible tells us that Jesus cried for several times. Uh, One time, um, Jesus cried... Um, while he was praying, it says that while Jesus was here on earth, he prayed over prayers and pleadings with loud cries and tears. He prayed. When he was in the garden, when Jesus... Hey, girls, boys. When Jesus was in the garden, right before he was arrested and prayed, he prayed so hard that he... Teddy, Teddy. Stay right there, Teddy. Come here. Hey, stay right here. You're fine. He cried blood teardrops when he was crying. He cried, he cried, cried and prayed so hard that he cried blood teardrops. Isn't that something? Um, he cried. Jesus cried another time over the city of Jerusalem. Um, in Luke chapter 19 verses 41 and 22 it says, I wish that even today you would find the way of peace, but now it's too late and peace is hidden from you. But the time I want to talk about today and the time we're going to talk about children's church is there was a time when Jesus, one of his friends, had died. Do you know, did you know Jesus had friends? Could you imagine saying that Jesus was your friend, that you that, that he were going to his house, he was coming over to your house for supper tonight? Like, can you imagine the stress on that? What kind of meal would you cook for Jesus? But Jesus' friend Lazarus had, had got sick and he had died. And Jesus got there and... He did, he got sick and he died. And when Jesus got there, Lazarus had already passed away. And uh, Mary and Martha, they were hoping that Jesus can maybe make Lazarus better. But they thought it was too late. But it says when Jesus saw Lazarus, in, uh, it says that he told them to take the stone away, and Jesus called out in a loud voice, and Lazarus walked out of the grave. Can you imagine the tears of happiness that people were having when Lazarus walked out of the grave? Lots and lots of tears of But what I want to encourage you guys through all of this is that when you're sad or when you're hurting and you're going to cry, I want you you to be thankful that you have a God who cries with you. Did you know that Jesus feels your pain when you hurt? I was listening to something this week from Skip Heidsick and he was talking about it too. Jesus feels when we hurt. When we're sad about something, when we're persecuted, Jesus feels it too. Isn't that something else? that you have a Savior in heaven who loves you so much that he feels the the feelings that you feel. So we can be thankful for that. So when you're sad and you cry, remember that you're not sad alone, that God feels the pain that you feel, okay? Let's bow our heads, go to the Lord in prayer, and we're going to sit up front. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for these boys and girls. Thank you for the love that you give us through Jesus Christ, your Son. And the grace and forgiveness we have through His death and resurrection on the cross, Lord, thank You for times when we're sad that we know that Jesus feels our feelings and He's right there with us when we're sad or upset or hurting. We're so grateful for that. All this asked in His name, Lord. Amen. And the choir is going to continue on
3: with exactly what Ted was saying, that was not but planned. adults, if we're honest. We are all going through issues where if we were a kid, we know we would have cried, but as adults admit it, we still cry. Maybe it's over our children, our grown children. Maybe it's over our parents. Maybe it's over our neighbors, our friends. Maybe it's over the news that the doctor has given us, the treatments that we are going through, the financial situations we're going through. If you're not going through any of those, buckle your seatbelt. Eventually you will. (laughs) You're either going into a storm, you're either in the middle of a storm, or you're coming out of a storm, or call it a valley. But the good news is God is there with you, and he's not just holding your hand. He's going to carry you out of that valley. So just continue worshiping our loving Savior as we sing this song, even in the valley, God is good.
4: Be Yeah.
2: Thank you, choir. Is there anybody else happy with the fact that even in the valley, God is good? And I'm going to tell you something else. Again, I love listening to these kids while, during children's sermon. You know, it's funny. Uh, it's, so, it, it's funny. Peyton wanted to be beside Teddy, and Teddy says, he needs to stay where him is. <laughs> and you know, that's, again, Teddy shared an incredible life truth. Sometimes we just need to stay where him is. <laughs> we do. We always want to be up in somebody else's business, and sometimes we just need to stay put and be where we are. Okay? Okay. It doesn't top the fact that if you wear boots and shorts, you won't get your pants wet <laughs> going through mud puddles. But, it is important. And today's sermon is putting things into perspective. See, perspective is the thing that gives, gives us viewpoint. It's an artistic term that it is what makes a two-dimensional picture into three dimensions it gives it depth I'm sure everybody's seen these optical illusions where there's there's drawings and on one side it looks like there's four pieces and on the other side it's three and there's it, 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 it shouldn't make sense but it's it, it's there or you look at a picture and you see this big building up here at the front, and then you can see these little bitty buildings, and it gives depth going down the street. That's perspective. So, today we're going to look at Psalm chapter 8 to help us put things into perspective. So, if you'll turn to Psalm 8. And if you'll stand as I read this, we're going to read the entire chapter. It's, it's only nine verses. But if you'll stand as I read this. Psalm chapter 8. O Lord, our, our Lord, how majestic is Thy name in all the earth, who has displayed Thy splendor above the heavens, from the mouth of infants and nursing babes, Thou hast established strength because of thine adversaries to make the enemy and the revengeful cease. When I consider thy heavens and the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars, which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou dost take thought of him and the son of man that thou dost care for him? Yet thou hast made him a little lower than God, and thou crown crowned him with glory and majesty. Thou dost make him to rule over the works of thine hand. Thou hast put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, also the beast of the field, the birds of the heavens, and the fish of the sea, whatever passes through the paths of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, How majestic is Thy name in all the earth. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank You for the fact that You, Almighty God, have had thoughts and care about us. Dear Lord, speak through these words written here in this psalm. Speak through me today that we may understand more about your character. And it's in the precious name of Jesus Christ, our living Savior, we pray. Amen. Okay. This psalm gives us the first perspective. How big is our God? How big is God? He's big. You remember that old He's bigger than the boogeyman. That's right. God is bigger than the boogeyman. Bigger than the Godzilla and the monsters on TV. My favorite VeggieTales song. Okay. But you remember that old Sunday school song? Our God is so big, so strong and so mighty, there's nothing that he cannot do. You guys remember that song? Those of you that sang that song in Sunday school? Nobody remembers that song? Okay, you guys can raise your hands. It's okay. You can talk back. Okay, <clears throat> but look at what this the psalmist writes here in verses one through three. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all of the earth? Who have displayed your splendor above the heavens? From the mouth of infants and nursing babes, you establish strength before your adversaries to make the enemy and the revengeful cease. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers the moon and the stars which you have ordained. So we're going to break this down and we're going to look at all these different pieces to help us put how big God is into perspective. The first thing, O Lord, our Lord. You guys realize that here, David has recognized both the covenant name of God, Lord, and the position of of Yahweh to His people. It was a simple, straightforward, and common way to say this one thing. Our God is our Master. So that's what David is writing here. When he says, O Lord, our Lord, he was saying, Elohim, Adonai, Yahweh, you are not only God. You are not only Lord. But you are our Lord. You are ours. A personal relationship. And you are master of everything. That's what this... O oh Lord, our Lord. That's what David is saying here. You are our God and you are our master. Then look at the second thing here. How majestic is your name in all of the earth? I believe the King James Version actually says, How excellent is your name? But how majestic is your name in all the earth? Here, David is recognizing the thought that the Lord was not only Lord of Israel. But he was, he, he was Israel's covenant God, but he was the God of everything. Of the entire earth. You guys realize this? That God is God whether you believe it or not. and how much faith it takes actually not to believe in God. But God is God whether we believe it or not. He is God over the entire world. How majestic is Your name in all of the earth. Who have displayed your splendor above the heavens. You see, the earth, David is saying that not only is your name majestic all over the earth, but the earth is not big enough to hold your splendor, to hold your glory. His glory is above the heavens. No, notice that He doesn't say that your glory is in the heavens. His glory is so big, so strong, so mighty, so powerful, that the earth and heavens themselves are not able to hold it. And He says that your splendor is above the heavens. It goes beyond what we can see. From the mouth of infants and nursing babes, you have established strength. And I have to admit, when I first read this, I'm like, what in the world is he talking about here? From the mouths of infants and nursing babes, you have established strength but we have to understand that Psalm David is writing in poetry. And, and, and what he is saying here is that he considered the greatness of God and, and His evident power in creation. Both across the earth and in the heavens. Now he considers the power and glory of God can be seen in small children. You guys understand that Children had a special place in Jesus' heart. You remember? He rebuked his disciples and said, Do not stop the little children from coming to me. For unless you come as a faith of with, with the faith of a child, you cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. Children were special to him. Even now, we look at the children and we see. Oh, what it would be for an adult to have the faith of a child. To take things at face value. To accept it because you were just told. Children don't understand why the sky is blue. They don't need to know the laws of refraction and the fact that, that the water molecules in the, in the atmosphere absorb all the light, but they reflect the blue light. And that's why we see the sky as being blue. They don't need to know that. All they need to know is that they see blue, and it's blue sky, and they believe it. I remember growing up, as my children were growing up, I'd ask my daughters, And they eventually started saying it themselves. I'd say, how did you get so pretty when they were little? And I would tell them, God made you so pretty. To the point now, how did you get, you ask them, they're grown. How do you get so pretty? They'll tell you, God made me so pretty. They believed it because that's what I told them. They accepted that. But here's the greatest thing. God demonstrates His strength through children. See, there is an incredible biblical and theological fact here that God is made powerful In our weakness. That something, something that we would look at as being weak. Can a babe, a baby, an infant, can they do anything on their own? No. But we can look at them and see the mightiness of God, how He has knit them together, and the the theological fact. That God is made strong in our weakness. Because of your adversaries to make the enemy and the revengeful cease. See, the reason that God displays His strength and power and might in Seemingly weak things is to shut the devil up, quite frankly. See his enemies have nothing to say. You remember in Job, in fact, in Job when when the when Satan Went before, G, before God. He could not even speak until God gave him permission to speak. He would say, Where have you been? And he says, Oh, I've been roaming here and there. And, and he would, and he could not even touch Job until God gave him permission. And the devil kept saying, well, if you do this to him, he'll, he'll, he'll mock you. God's like, no, he won't. Watch this. And he gave the devil permission. Job wouldn't, rebuke, wouldn't, wouldn't curse God. Now, did Job struggle? Yes, he did. He questioned God, but he would not rebuke him. He would not curse him. He stayed faithful. Even through the valley, he realized that God was good. And at the end, Satan could do and say nothing. Because God's strength shined through Job's weakness. When God takes a fallible person and does something great in them and through them, we sit back and we're in awe. But Satan's sitting here going, How? How did this happen? Because God did it. That is how big God is. Now look at this next one. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, this moon and the stars which you have ordained. You guys realize that these, these verses right here that we've, we've read so far, how many songs have come from them? Oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic is Thy name in all of the earth. Have you heard that in a song? We sing a song today. How great Thou art. Talking about when i consider the stars the, moon, the the things that your hands have made but you look at this what it says when i consider your heavens and the works of your fingers the moon and the stars which you have ordained literally what he's saying is that this is that god put with his fingers the sun and moon that's how big god is it just took his fingers Genesis says that all it took was God speaking. And everything that was made was made. That's how big God is. David knew the value of simply considering the glory of God's creation. He knew that if he would take the time to stare up and look At a clear night sky. That God's awesomeness would be revealed. You see, with the naked eye, you look up on a starry night, a clear starry night, with your naked eye, you can see about 5,000 stars. But if you go and get a 4-inch telescope, you can see about 2 million stars. But if you go to one of these big observatories and they got the 200 inch mirror that they can look up, you can see more than a billion stars. And that doesn't even begin to touch how big our universe is. if you were traveling at the speed of light, it would take you 40 billion years to go from one end of our universe to the other. 40 billion years. And God put every single thing in place the stars, the planets. He hung them by His hand. By His Word, He created them. That is how big God is. Now look at perspective number two. How small and insignificant we are. Verse 4, What is man that you take thought of him and the Son of Man that you care for Him. Let's look at this first verse. What is man that you take thought of Him? Considering the greatness of God, of the heavens, you cannot see how big God is without seeing how insignificant and small we are. Compared to God, what are we? That's what David's asking. What are we? Why would you even give us a second thought? You know, it sort of reminds me of uh, the, the, the story Gulliver's Travels. You know, when Gulliver wakes up and he's got all those little opussions tying him down and everything, and he just stands up and they start shooting him with arrows and everything, and he's like... What are we compared to the God of heavens? The maker of heaven and earth. What are we? We cannot look at the greatness of God without considering how small we are. But David, in this thing, it 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 shares a little bit of God's character and the fact that even when he's questioning what am i who am i he 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 very thing he king james version says this that you are mindful of me this version says that you thought of me or thought of him talking about mankind david holds on to the fact That even though He is insignificant and small, that God still thought of Him. And the Son of Man, that you care for Him. See, this confused me when I first read it until I started digging in. The Son of Man. Every time I hear the Son of Man, who do you think of? Jesus. Jesus. That's not who he's referring to here. Because the word that's used here is literally Ben-Adam. Son of Adam. Whenever you hear that, that Ben, it's of. So Ben-Adam, son of Adam. And then I can't help but think about the Chronicles of Narnia and C.S. Lewis and, and how he called the kings sons of Adam. But this is basically what he is saying is that humanity, the sons of Adam, what are we that... You should care for us. He's asking these questions and reflection about how big God is and how small we are. But again, not only did God think about us, but God cares for us. While he's asking the question, he is acknowledging the fact that God does think about us and that God does care for us. But then we have to look at perspective 3. And that is how God sees us. How does God see us? Well, He tells us. Look at verses 5-9. through Yet you have made Him a little lower than God, and you crown Him with glory and majesty. You make Him to rule over the works of your hand. You have put all things under His feet, all the sheep and oxen and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the heavens and the fish of the sea, whatever passes through the path of the seas, O oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. See, so yet he had made him a little lower than God. This right here has actually been translated differently in different editions. It is, uh, the word there is Elohim which is God. That's the word they use for God. But it's also been used and translated as heavenly beings. Angels. So in some translations, it will say a little lower than angels. But I honestly believe this. Were we created? Does the Bible say that we were created in the image of angels? What does the Bible say? How were we created? We were created in the image of who? That's the first recording of the Trinity, you know, the triune God, because God Himself says, Let us make man in our image. We were created. In the image of God. To be God's representation here on earth. We were not created equal with God. We were created as an image of God. To reflect His goodness. His strength, His power. That we were created a little lower. Now we have to understand something. Because of sin, that image has been tarnished. But God Himself, through the power of Jesus Christ's blood and the Holy Spirit, renews that image. and the moment we close our our minds and or our eyes in death our salvation is made complete and we stand before Jesus Christ himself and he says welcome home my child and that image that image of God is fully restored and we're made perfect in the sight of the lamb And you crown Him with glory and majesty. God's image. The glory and the majesty. You guys realize that when we look at creation, that we were God's crowning achievement. We were His final work. That he created man and woman in his final act of creation. Everything else was done, but he created us and he crowned us in mighty and majesty and glory as his crowning achievement in creation. You have made him to rule over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet all the sheep, oxen, and other beasts of the field, the birds of the heavens, and the fish of the seas, whatever passes through the pass of the seas. David understood the mandate given to Adam and his descendants at creation. Both gods, by both gods, could decree, and through the superior ability, man indeed has dominion over the other creatures and resources of the earth. But not only do we have dominion over them, but we have responsibility to take care of them. We have, God has given us not only rule, over the earth, but has given us stewardship of the earth. It is not ours to just enjoy and use up. It is ours to enjoy and care for. All of creation. And then, after David looks at how big God is, And how small we are in comparison to God. And he acknowledges how God sees us and He has lifted us up and He has magnified us and He has strengthened us. He again goes back to this, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is Your name in all of the earth. You see, when he looks at how big God is and how vast His dominion and and how God has put man together and how He has blessed us. He cannot do anything except glorify God again. It makes Him glorify God even more. Realizing how small and insignificant He is compared to the mighty God and how the mighty God's love for us, we can't help but glorify Him more. There is another song that helps put it in perspective. But I want you guys to realize this. Is our mighty God When we ask this question, he says, I'll tell you who you are. You are special to me. And I will show you how special you are because I'm going to send my son to save you. That's how God sees us. We're worth the sacrifice. Not because of what we do, but because of God's mercy and grace and His love for us. He created us. He created Adam and Eve to walk and talk with Him, to have a relationship with Him. But their sin separated them from God. Their sin separated us. Our sin separates us from God. And God had a plan from the very beginning to renew that relationship through the blood of Jesus Christ. So look at the words of this song by Casting Crowns. Who am I that the Lord of all the earth would care to know my name, would care to fill my hurt? Who am I that the bright and morning star who chose to light the way for my ever wondering heart. Not because of who I am, but because of what you've done. Not because of what I've done, but because of who you are. I am a flower quickly fading, here today and gone tomorrow, a wave tossed in the ocean, a vapor in the wind. Still you hear me when I'm calling, Lord, You catch me when I'm falling. And You've told me who I am. I am Yours. I am Yours. Who am I that the eyes that see my sin will look on me with love and watch me rise again? Who am I that the voice that calmed the sea Would call out through the rain and calm the storms in me. And you've told me who I am. I am yours. Church, we are insignificant, we are small compared to the God of the universe. But the fact still remains that he loved us. And he cared enough for us that even when he knew that we would reject him, he still created us. And even before he created us, he had a plan to redeem us. So that we can say, I know who I am, I am his through the blood of Jesus Christ. It's nothing that we've done. There is absolutely nothing special about us outside of the fact that God created us in His image. We cannot save ourselves. But God says, I love you so much that I'll save you myself. We need to keep those things in perspective. Sometimes we get out of wamp and we think that that we are the be-all, end-all. And that it's about us more than it's about God. And that's getting in reverse perspective. That's getting the cart before the horse and it doesn't work. Proper perspective. How big God is. How insignificant we are. And the fact that God still loves us. And even though we're insignificant, He thinks about us. He cares about us so much that He sent His Son to die for us. Now during this invitation time, this is the opportunity for you to do what it is God is calling you to do. If you've never accepted Christ and you feel the tugging on your heart strings, and you're going to stand and sing and you're white knuckling it on the back of the pew, God is calling you to salvation. Answer that call. You come forward, I'll I'll show you and tell you how to accept Christ as your personal Savior. There's other people that would be more than happy to share that with you also. If you've not been obedient to Him, if you've accepted Christ as your Savior, but you've never been obedient to Him and following Him in believer's baptism, come forward as a candidate for baptism. We're having baptism on Easter Sunday morning. And we would be more than happy to include you in that celebration. If you are looking for a church home, come forward. And join our congregation. Become part of this band of worshipers, this family of disciples as we seek to serve and worship our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We're not perfect. But God is. Whatever it is God is calling you to do, don't leave this place today without following His leadership and follow answer his calling
3: would you stand as we sing our hymn of invitation number 54 great is thy faithfulness
2: Get this Wednesday night, we will not have service here. Choir practice? No choir practice this Wednesday night? Next Wednesday night? No choir practice for the next three weeks. So you guys practiced up, right? Okay. No service here Wednesday night. We will be at, at Beaver Dam tomorrow night. We'll be at Lattimore Wednesday night. Look at the, the insert in your bulletin. It's got all the nights and where it all, all the services start at 6.30. We should be done by uh, 7.30, 7.45 at the latest. So uh, please join us there. But remember, nothing here this coming Wednesday night as we will be at uh, Lattimore Baptist Church Wednesday. So uh, thank you for being here. Um, Terry Pendleton is our Deacon of the Week. If you would come... And dismiss us in prayer, please, sir. Let's
0: pray. Lord, thank you for the message that we received today. Lord, let it go to our hearts and stuff so we can share it to somebody that is lost. And Lord, let us go this next week. Keep us all safe and in our travels and stuff so we can learn more about the cross that, that you died for us on. And Lord, in your name, Jesus. Amen.